0: Well a couple years ago, I was putting our daughter Addie to bed when I noticed something wasn't right. She was on the uh, verge of tears and I had no idea why. I didn't know if she was upset, scared, what it was. I asked her if she was nervous about having bad dreams or about being in a room by herself and, and she just told me no. She said to me, "Dad." I'm just really stressed out right now. She said, I've got a lot going on in my life, and I am so stressed. She was four years old when she said that to me. Now, where does a four-year-old learn to talk that way? I mean, how does a child learn to feel that kind of pressure in their life? That one day they wake up and suddenly the the weight of the world is on their shoulders? Who taught a four-year-old to be stressed? You know where I think she learned it? From her mother. And also her father. And also you. Which is to say, I think she learned it from us. I think she learned it from from simply living in a world that is overwhelmed with responsibility. Maybe you saw the statistics I saw recently from the Microsoft Corporation that reported 47% of all their employees work while on vacation. 44% of their employees work while they watch TV at night. 27% say they work when they go out to eat. 20% say they work while watching their kids play sports. And 19% say they work while using the restroom. Now, when did this become our lives? When did it become acceptable to respond to email at your kid's soccer game? When did it become okay to to check in with the office while you're on a date with your husband? When did life become this stressful? Do you know before Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, the average adult got 11 hours of sleep a night? Now most working adults are lucky to get half that much. Our world just seems to be getting faster and faster and faster, and the pressure to keep up is just crippling. Maybe that's why the the great Dutch theologian Corrie Ten Boom once said, If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Maybe that's why the great psychologist Carl Jung once said, Hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. It's because being stressed out is the new drug of choice for most Americans. And it is beginning to cripple us. Maybe that's why the average iPhone user touches their iPhone 2,617 times a day. Maybe that's why the average email response rate is 90 minutes. The average text message response rate is 90 seconds. It's because our world is built on speed, and we just can't seem to slow down. Maybe that's why we need to pause for just a moment and listen again to the teaching Jesus gave to his disciples. Because you see, when Jesus taught his disciples in the gospel, well, he didn't teach them a message of speed. He didn't teach them a message of of working harder or faster or more efficiently. Jesus didn't tell them to to build bigger churches or more impressive 501c3s. Instead, the message Jesus taught his disciples was simply to abide. Abide. As I'm the vine, he said, you are the branches. Abide in me as I abide in you. Now that word abide is an important word in the scriptures. It literally translates as uh, to remain, to dwell, to stay. Which means when you abide in something, you do not move. When you abide in something, you can't be productive. You aren't working. You are staying put. Jesus says, abide in me, dwell in me, live in me, because that, that is all I have ever asked you to do. You know, perhaps one of the greatest challenges of being a Christian is simply acknowledging the reality that we can't do it all. That God doesn't ask us to. God doesn't ask us to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders because there is more to life than gaining speed. In fact, Jesus tells his disciples that holiness is not found in adding more to your life. Instead, he says, holiness is found when you learn to take things away. Jesus tells his disciples they need to prune their life. They need to be willing to cut back in their life. He says they need to be willing to strip away and burn anything that does not bring them joy, to trim their life so that it might have a better shape and more fruitful growth. Because only when we learn to cut back will we ever grow into the people God created us to be. I'm reminded of a story I read once about an American businessman who commissioned a piece of art from an Asian painter. Now, the businessman told the painter he wanted to have a landscape, something with animals and trees that would be a, a calming piece of art for his workplace. Kind of a, a Thomas Kincaid meets Bob Timberlake. When the businessman received the painting, he was instantly disappointed. Because most of the painting was blank. He looked at the art he had commissioned. And instead of a, a menagerie of animals and, and green trees everywhere, all that was on the picture was one small bird in the upper left-hand corner and one small maple tree in the lower right-hand corner. The businessman was mad, incensed. He said to the artist that he needed to take the painting back, that he needed to add more to it, more animals, more trees, more greenery. That's what I'm paying you for, he said. But the artist refused. He said, I can't do that. Because if I add more to this painting, well, the bird will have no room to fly. You see, perfection in the Christian faith is not found when there is nothing left to add to your life. Perfection in the Christian faith It's found when nothing else can be taken away. When you stripped away all those things that do not bring you joy. When you've taken away all those things that take your life so that you can cling to the life God has given you. Salvation isn't found in in working harder or filling up your canvas with more stuff. Salvation is found when you abide in the one who gave you life. I've said these things to you, Jesus says, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Yes, you do not have to settle for a frantic existence in this life. You don't have to settle for over-caffeinated days where you are bouncing from one obligation to the next. God never intended for you to live like that. God never intended for you to feel the full weight of the world on your shoulders. You don't have to live stressed every day because you weren't made to survive. You were made to fly. As yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. Abide in me as I abide in you. Yes, what needs to die in you today so that you can live? What do you need to to cut back in your life so that you can have the life God intended for you? Because the truth is, until you learn to say no to those things that God never intended for you, well, you can never say yes to the life God desires. You can never experience the fullness of his joy that he's waiting to give you. You have to learn to prune so that you can learn to live, because all God has ever called you to do is simply abide, simply dwell, simply be present in his love. Close with a story. A couple years ago, a friend of mine told me that he had recently deleted 10,000 emails from his inbox because he was tired of looking at them. Now, think about that. 10,000 emails that had developed over years, and like that, they were gone. Imagine how many Bed, Bath & Beyond coupons he just wasted. Now, he told me this, and and I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I mean, the whole thing seemed just crazy to me. I I said, how on earth did you do that? He said, it was easy. All you have to do is hit Command-A-Delete and they all disappear. I said to him, well, well aren't you concerned that, that you needed to see some of those emails? That, that some of those emails might have been important? Aren't you worried that you're missing something by not opening them? He said, no. He said, people are important. God is important. Love is important. This This, he said, is not important. It's just email. That's all it is, he said. It is only email. I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me as I abide in you, because that, that is all God has ever asked you to do.